Hello and welcome everyone back to Thickcast and I'm joined today with the lovely Charlotte Ellis. So would you like to introduce yourself Charlotte? Tell everyone a little about Hello. Hey, I'm Charlotte, um, Charlotte Ellis. Uh, I am under Team LRF, so I work as a coach, um, head female coach under Team LRF um, and I am a bikini competitor. Um, I am a PCA pro and I am currently sort of aiming to become an IFBB pro as well. Soon you will be, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> how long have you like been competing for and stuff? Like, so my first season was 2020. Um, so I did two shows in 2020. Um, it feels like a lot longer because I did a prep um, to compete at the start of 2020, um, and then obviously lockdown happened. So the shows and obviously the whole country went into lockdown. So it feels like I've been about knocking about for a bit longer than I have. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just 2020. So I did a prep for that show, obviously went into lockdown. It didn't go ahead. Um, and then I did two shows at the back end of 2020 when sort of a bit of normality resumed. Um, yeah. It must have been a bit, bit of a mad journey because realistically, like you've been doing it for like, what, two years now? And like yeah. kind of came and I remember seeing on like Rob's Instagram you and I was like, she's going to be really good. Like she's going to be really good. And then you like, just kind of appeared from nowhere. And now you've like, you've done really, really well for yourself. Like, you're now a coach, you're coaching girls that do really well for themselves. Like, has it been a bit mad? Yeah, it has. Like, I do have to like remind myself of how long I have been in competing and in the scene yeah. and like sort of how well I'm doing um for it and kind of like give myself a bit of credit for it because I'm very hard on myself um which I think is probably like although it sounds a bit backwards is one of my best traits because I'm kind of like a bit overly hard on myself that I always want more like more 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 like in a non not to make it sound unhealthy but I'm like never satisfied and like it's never enough like I just always yeah strive for like more which is yeah because yeah it's definitely been been a a bit of a whirlwind to be honest yeah I I know you're very much like that and that's why I kind of wanted you on here because your mindset for someone that's been competing for such a short space of time is like no I'm not settling for that I want more I want more and I'm like Charlotte you've done amazing (laughs) and it's like (laughs) yeah that's the thing it's just like it's not like that phrase like never satisfied like I feel like it's very overused isn't it but it's not a case of never being satisfied it's just knowing that I want more and I'm capable of more um and just I just um I always say this to people I just don't understand how people cannot have goals be that anything it doesn't have to be fitness related I just don't understand how you can wake up and not have something to tick off of your list that's gonna like move you further forwards like that just seems unfathomable to me like <laughs> I don't get how people go through life without that <laughs> like being on a game and just staying on like level one and kind of never yeah past that who wants level one I want level 100 <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly <laughs> um so how long do you know you wanted to compete for before you prepped and like what were you doing before bodybuilding so before bodybuilding so I had been training pretty consistently um like really consistently like I, I was known as like the gym girl who loved the gym and training and I was already pretty like like not because like, but in good shape held a decent amount of muscle um I was training like five or six days a week 
pretty so- solidly um, for probably about two years before I actually started. I was training pretty solidly. I wouldn't say diet or anything like that was on point because I was a bit of a party girl. Like I did a season in Ibiza um, working out there for a summer and I was just like a party girl, but I was in good shape. And it was kind of like, I, I was rigid with my diet plan, but if I like, I it was just written by me kind of thing. It wasn't anything uh, legitimate and it probably was trash. I can't even remember what, what it was like, but um, yeah. So I was training pretty solidly and I kind of had the idea or had started somehow following some girls who competed and kind of thinking that it was really cool and liking the way that those girls looked. Um, Obviously being into the gym and weight training already, I just wasn't ready to give up my um, like fun, wild partying kind of vibe that I was into at that time. Like I was just having fun, enjoying being young, going out with my friends. Um, And I just knew that I wasn't ready to commit to what it took to do a prep. Um, So I joined LRF, the gym, um, because I was just training uh, at... um, at my previous workplace had a had a gym there it wasn't like anything special at all it was very very basic to be honest um but I joined LRF because I kind of wanted to take my training a little bit further this was before joining coaching um yeah. and I obviously sort of knew then sort of was immersed even further into that world um obviously Rob the owner of the gym um obviously met him, followed him on Instagram and see like the success and more of his clients and just being in a more of a bodybuilder vibe gym um, just being around more people. Then I think I've been a member for like five or six months maybe. And then I was like, okay, I'm ready to commit. I'm hanging up one set of heels for another. (laughs) Um, And that's kind of it. Yeah. So I had a solid base of training um, behind me. But uh, yeah, that's that's how that came about, really. You weren't into like any sports because a lot of people you talk to were into like maybe they were swimmers before. Like myself, I did a lot of gymnastics and trampolining before. Like you weren't into like any sort of sport beforehand then? No, so I was, but I was never really um, fully that like pinpoint committed to one. Um, I was in so like I loved PE at school and I did um, do like athletics as in like um 800 meters sprint and 100 meter sprint was I did compete for like my county with that um growing up as a teenager but then when I got to like that age where I was like it's not very cool to do these things I kind of stopped doing them yeah um I did dabble in like um uh, synchronized swimming as well like all sorts of weird things but I generally found that I was better um at uh things which weren't team sports yeah. and that's not to say I'm not a team player but I just <laughs> I would play netball and things and everyone else on my team would get annoyed because I would be trying to do everyone's role if that makes sense yeah. um like not thinking that I'm better than anyone but just I like to be I don't know how to not sound like a dick <laughs> <laughs> when I say this but um uh, yeah I just like to like always have control over the outcome if that makes sense yeah so I was better at things like the sprinting and stuff because it is just just you <laughs> no yeah, one else like, be like part of it not everyone is getting like I was awful at that one what works for you and everyone's going to be slightly different and what they excel in so it's cool you just you just do you 
what works yeah. for you. It's obviously working <laughs> well for yourself anyway. So did you know right from the word go then that you wanted to compete to become an IFB pro or did you just kind of want to step on stage and have a bit of a go at it? Do you know like you were going to be like serious? I, I wanted... I wanted to be serious. I wouldn't say I wanted to be an IFBB pro when I first sort of got into it. Um, my initial goal was I want to win. Um, I'm doing this and I like winning. I'm very open about the fact that I love to win. I think everyone does, or they just don't admit it. But <laughs> um, I yeah, definitely went into it wanting to be my best and to be the best um I, yeah I wasn't like there to just make up numbers I wanted to put absolutely everything into it to to get the result that I wanted um it wasn't necessarily I started off thinking I want to do this and I want to be a pro but soon after getting involved in it obviously I found out more about being a pro PCA pro IFBB pro um I, I actually the first kind of person that I followed and really like admired and aspired to be was Kerry Sexton um yeah who now is obviously an IFBB pro and she was a PCA pro and Phoebe Hagen as well. It was probably a bit of a linkage of both of those okay, two. The first two that I followed as well was like Phoebe and Kerry. Yeah. Um, so they sort of planted the seed and obviously just seeing the, um, the progression and how they kind of went and what they did was what I wanted for myself. So yeah, it kind of naturally did become, okay, I want to be a pro and I want to do this. But when I first went to do it, it was just, I want to kind of take my training to a new level. I want to get up on stage and I want to just better myself and sort of have a have an additional goal to focus on rather than just like I want to get in shape for a holiday, which I'd done previously and sort of done done alone without a coach or anything. It was like I want to take this up a notch. So did you go front off season with Rob first or did you go straight into prep with him? So I joined um coaching when I got back from uh, a holiday to Ibiza <laughs> so I had done like my own little like diet down for that holiday yeah. um, and then when I got back it was like uh, I want to say November time so end of October or mid-October end of October November time so we went into a bit of a growing phase but quite a small one and um, we just pushed up my calories um, but it was kind of like November was well, sort of mid-October November and December and then we started to start down from January for that March PCA first timers um which never went ahead yeah so yeah I did a bit of a a bit of an improvement phase a small improvement phase um and then was going to go straight in for that show how did you find it during because obviously like your first time ever competing it's like prep is always going to be harder because you've never done it before so how did you find it then like going into COVID and going into like lockdowns and your shows being moved because like I was going to compete in 2020 and I basically all this stuff starts happening I was like now fucking this off and I was just like I'll just come back later on in the year and then it got to later on in the year and I was like this is just not going to be happening this year yeah Yeah. um yeah it was hard I was devastated and obviously there was like so many people who was aiming for those shows as well um and other people who were on prep and just a little bit further behind for the for the following shows of the season I was literally devastated because I had put so much into it, which obviously everyone does. Everyone works hard, majority. Everyone works hard. You put your all into it. It's your focus for so long. And to cancel that like 
10 days out <laughs> it was not cool um and then obviously it's like not only has this thing that I've been my massive goal that I've been working towards has gone I'm now shut at home I've got no gym uh I've got no work to keep me preoccupied uh luckily the weather was all right because I could do use my like home setup of a barbell and dumbbells out in the garden but um yeah it was just like yeah I was I was devastated like to be honest I was yeah yeah, you again in in 20 like last year because I know with me my because we competed at the same show just for anyone that's listening um in May wasn't it yes yeah 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 for the the regional one yes so no it didn't actually because um I wasn't planning to compete until a bit later in the season and then when things started um things started uh like being a bit more solidified and shows were happening and things we I was in a good spot to sort of push to be able to push for like the slightly earlier shows so I actually Competed earlier than when I was meant to. Yeah, she's done another one as well before that. Yeah, Ben Weeder, and then I think there was either one week or two weeks. I think it was one week between them actually. One week, and then I had to do a regional to qualify to do uh, any other pro qualifiers, basically. Yeah, Yeah, because that's the one we kind of met at, wasn't it? Yes. That makes sense. That was just a random one. I didn't even. You didn't know you were getting that one. Bonus question. (laughs) (laughs) So. Um, so what kind of made you compete with PCA then last year? If you're kind of like you competed with two bros, that was kind of like been your kind of goal was always two bros, and then you kind of went, I'm gonna do PCA. Yeah, so I like this question. <laughs> um, so I was obviously, as I mentioned, was meant to do the PCA first time, it was meant to be my first ever show. Yeah, it never happened. Um, and then just how things happened in 2020, uh, the shows that I ended up doing, I just didn't end up doing a PCA show, um, not through any real reason. Um, it just didn't line up with the shows that we targeted, basically, with the time frame of what when I was going to be ready, basically. Um, so then obviously, yeah, that season happened. Obviously, that season went really well. Um for me and kind of I put it out there that my goal was obviously to to get my pro card with the IFBB um which obviously if well not obviously if anyone doesn't know that is um obtained through competing with the NPC so in the UK that's with two bros not with PCA um so yeah that was my goal that was my focus um then I did obviously those couple of shows at the start of the season um had a little bit of a break went to some PCA shows with clients actually mm-hmm. um, to support clients and uh, just loved it. Like really enjoyed watching it, the atmosphere, the vibes. Um, and I just wanted to, I felt like I had unfinished business. Like I felt like I wanted to do it. I really want to do a pose down. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> pose down. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah I um said to Rob look I know what my ultimate goal is um but I would love 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 to compete with PCA if it fits in with any of my other shows and um we were like he was like okay we'll see how things go basically and then we decided to do um it just lined up basically. So we at, at four weeks out, basically from the PCA London show, Rob was like, 
so I was on prep for for other shows later in the season but it was going pretty well um and I was getting ready nice and early um and Rob was like oh do you want to do PCA London and I was like why not (laughs) so it was four weeks out I was like yeah let's do it let's fucking try and do the posing again which I've not done for so long um and it's back breaking let me tell you doesn't PCA posing hurt your back so much more than um like NPC yeah do you know what I love it people always like oh but two poses different poses I'm like it's so much easier it's two poses <laughs> and you just yeah you've only got two <laughs> only got two to learn <laughs> um so yeah that was a goal and then it came to uh like <laughs> one day out from PCA Jersey uh basically which was one week before the London show Rob was like do you want to go to Jersey (laughs) and do this show and I was like okay um I knew this show was going to be a little bit quieter than the London show it wasn't that I was not going to do the London show it was that I kind of like let's go dip my toe in see how we go kind of thing because I knew the London one was going to be busier and a bigger show yeah so I thought why not the mad one the London show like yeah it was busy it was busy it was it was really good both shows were really good I loved um I loved the Jersey show like it's really really um really special like it's just very personal um it's a really really good show really enjoyed it the whole team were absolutely outstanding and um it was a really 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 great first experience with PCA um so yeah then that's just how that came about basically and then obviously from there so I won two overalls there and then went on to the British finals and won overall there got the pro card which was ridiculous when I went to the um finals I said to everyone look um like not everyone like said to Rob said to people around me I'm not expecting anything um people probably don't believe me when I say this I was like I'd be happy with getting um a top three in my class that's what I that was kind of what I said in my head was a realistic thing to get I've done two PCA shows and now I'm going into the finals compared like competing with the best of the best you've got to get an invite as well it was a particularly busy finals from where they didn't have a British finals last year so there was like it was a busier finals basically so yeah that was my goal was to get top three and then I won my class and I was absolutely buzzing with that and then I won the overallers again so I was literally couldn't believe it it's on the um like on video like when they announce it I'm literally like what? <laughs> I literally was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> no, but like, you, you're really well deserved, and I've always like looked at your physique and think it's it's very like fitting of how PCA like you. It's yeah, like, yeah, it really, really well. So there's no wonder really that you'd you've done very well with them. Is that something like? Are you going to go and compete as a pro with them, or is that kind of it? Is that chapter closed now? Do you think? So, unfortunately, that chapter is closed because you're not allowed to compete with other federations, basically. Um, so, so, to retain your pro card, you can't compete with other federations. Um, I'm guessing this is a new thing, isn't it? Or uh, I'm not sure how new it is, um, but, yeah, you can't compete as an amateur um, on an amateur stage, basically. Yeah. So, if you're the GBO pro with them already, then it's not an issue um so yeah it's, yeah unfortunately but I did say to Ryan uh PCA um like the owner of PCA yeah. that 
like if it lines up with any of my plans next year I'll compete as an amateur because I just love it like <laughs> just for fun exactly and it's nice to just get on stage like we do it because we like to get on stage and if it lines up and especially if you've got clients in the show you're going to be there anyway so yeah like, just have me and I'll get out there come on <laughs> yeah exactly put it on me or I love so, it. Is there any other federations that you would consider competing with or? To be honest, not really. Um, that's not to say I've got anything against them, but I just, I know what my goals are. And um, yeah, it, uh, that is, yeah, that's kind of that really. Yeah, because I'm guessing, have you been to other shows as well or is it just PCA and Two Bros you've been to? Um, yeah, that, those are the only federations that I have been and um, watched for clients with so yeah that's fair enough yeah okay have you found it this is quite an interesting one have you found it hard being so close to that pro card multiple times and just missing out each time and how do you find the motivation to push through that yeah so obviously it's hard not achieving a goal that you've set out for yourself whatever that goal may be if you're goal driven which I am and you like to win which I do. <laughs> um, it is hard not getting what you well not achieving what you set out to. Obviously, um, the motivation just comes from wanting it so much. Like you yeah. just you, you keep cracking on and you keep going. Um, and obviously, I did those four back to back shows, and I don't think I had a chance to really process it <laughs> until after and it was actually even like it was probably um, about 10 days post show that it kind of actually did hit me because I'd been so in the routine of um like not obviously that initial upset yeah after the show, and then it was like okay like two days later like we're going to another country yeah. and then it came to and four back to back which four shows were they that you did like kind of yes. back to back sorry yeah so um this was every weekend in november um alicante ben Wieder. then i went to romania and did um right, romania muscle fest then i went to denmark for two bros amateur olympia and then I went back to Alicante for the ben, the the big man weekend. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you had those back to back international shows. Um, so it was very like it was ridiculous to be honest. It was the most mad month of my life. <laughs> Being on prep alone is enough, and then yeah. like international for all of these shows to and from the UK, um, like on the bounce. Basically, yeah, I just feel like I didn't process it really until, like I said, like ten days after the show because I was so used to that initial upset, and then it was like, okay, pick myself up, dust myself off, we go again, kind of thing. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, and then it came to like a week post show and it was like, oh, like there's not another show this weekend. Like, so it was a bit like, that's when it kind of all hit me. It was yeah. like, obviously I was upset initially after the last show because I knew that that was it. And I knew that I didn't want to carry on anymore um, because it just felt as weird as it sounds. Um, it still felt so far away. It still... Yeah. it still felt so far away from me with it it was within reach it's still I knew what I needed to do already and I just felt like I was delaying that um which is I need more glute basically yeah don't we all <laughs> um but that you stop when you're you go I'm ready now like I'm done 
that you go, okay, cool, I'm done. And that's it. Yeah. Like you can be really close or you can be miles away. Like when it's ready to stop, I think you need to listen to yourself and go, yeah. to stop because we can't go yeah. on 100% you can't go on forever and you, like there's only so many times you can knock at the door and no one answer and then you go away like yeah. <laughs> you're not just gonna keep knocking like <laughs> so um yeah dealing with it obviously it's hard and it still is hard the fact that I, I've spent a lot of time feeling like a failure basically um but I'm over that now <laughs> and I'm just working towards it basically the goal is still there it's just trying to trust the timing of your life um yeah. and it's just I just need to remind myself of how far I have come and the fact that it's only my second season um realistically what I've achieved in that time frame is like awesome and a lot of people work years to like get to that stage so yeah, yeah. I think as well and it is reminding yourself like what you said trusting the timing of your life and for me, I think everything happens for a reason. And like, yeah, you mm. didn't get that first year, but if you had got it, you wouldn't have done those PCA shows. You wouldn't have been a PCA show. And think of all the fun that you had there. That yeah. happened. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's trusting that these things happen for a reason and they're to allow other things to fall into place and other things to happen to you. And I'm sure every one of your shows that you've done, regardless of placing, like... 100% yeah I've enjoyed it all like and like you said it is a case of like everything happens for a reason and I'm a big believer of that as well yeah so also I was going to say about so competing abroad like is it quite different to the UK or is it like all right like how did you find that um it's it's obviously very similar in the fact that like obviously what you do is the same yeah. um generally from my experience um the the shows obviously at these these um international pro qualifiers if you think of it like generally majority of the people there are pushing for a pro card so they are the best of the best from their country so think of it as like all of the top athletes at, um at like a british championship so all of the like people that are all at the british finals like all of them from all different places in europe or wherever they've come from are all at one show so it's just like the standard is high massively yeah 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 so the standards are high obviously the stakes are high um but generally obviously how the shows run um like it's, it's pretty similar um there's quite a lot of cool production things that go on um at some of these international shows with regards to like the venues and stuff having uh, like the backdrops are like um screens with like projector of like you on it basically so like yeah. <laughs> when you when you turn around to do rear pose and then you're like oh it's me that's <laughs> 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 me <laughs> so um yeah it's it's good obviously you just got other other like competing in itself is an expensive hobby and then you've just got the additional costs um and sometimes the additional stress of traveling abroad um I feel like I'm a professional at it now <laughs> and uh, how to pack for a uh, peak week I uh, probably should do a video on that <laughs> um, <laughs> um but yeah yeah it's yeah, it's, it's very similar, but it's just, yeah, there's, there's more to go into it, obviously. Like your Airbnb, generally you want to stay in Airbnb or cooking facilities yeah. um, rather than a hotel. Getting about where you are, like public transport, or are you going to get Uber, taxis, whatever, that's another cost, or are you going to rent a car? Um, 
being able to find the right food sources and things um yeah and just kind of being out of your usual environment sometimes is stressful um in the lead up to a show which is already a stressful time so did you go to each of shows on your own or do you go with someone uh mixed generally rob tries to come if you can um can't always come um with there's other shows and other commitments and things obviously he's got other clients not just me <laughs> um but yeah generally with rob um and obviously some of the at denmark there was a few um lrf athletes as well yeah, so there was like quite a group of us over there oh that was quite nice though i bet yeah definitely was good it's nice um change as well actual like the actual experience on show day having like familiar faces there as well um to the like some of the other international shows if i was there just there on my own actually babs as well um who is the manager of um, lrf gym and like one of my close friends she came to romania with me so that was fun oh nice is she, is she from that way isn't she no she's hungarian but she did her pro debut um in romania uh so she was like yeah i want to come oh <laughs> nice sentimental value <laughs> yeah, so from like the feedback you've been given and stuff this year what are you working on to bring a, be- a better package to stage next time glutes 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 basically um when we look at my um my overall physique is just that I still am quite overbearing with the upper body. <laughs> Got big outs. <laughs> yeah, they're very overpowering. They've always been like that. People, when I, even before I um, weight trained, they were like big and I'm quite broad shoulders as well, which adds to it is that I'm quite wide anyway. Um, so even before I started competing, people would always ask me if I was a swimmer and I was like, no. <laughs> I'm not a swimmer, I've just got big shoulders. <laughs> I bet you get the fun of you can't find coats that fit you. Oh yeah, they're always got to be over, oversized. Nice. Oversized always. <laughs> glutes, that's your only kind of thing you're going for? Um, glutes and just lower body mass, to be honest. Um, like, to be honest, uh, it is mostly just bringing up my glutes. When we look at me in comparison to the winners of Uh, classes and the winners of pro cards um which i always would suggest doing um because you can see and compare yourself um, as well as asking for judges feedback um but you can see and compare yourself to um like who's winning and who's doing well basically um but yeah it's it's generally it's just i need more muscle to my glutes my legs size is generally like good but like you never can have too much hamstring really can you in bodybuilding so <laughs> no one got marked down for having too much hamstring ever <laughs> what do you feel you've overlooked in the past in terms of prepping and stepping on stage to be honest i i find this quite hard to answer without sounding like an idiot again but um i don't feel like i really have overlooked anything to be honest I feel like I'm pretty good with researching things and I'm pretty good with knowing what I am getting in for to be honest um yeah I I don't feel like there's really anything that I've overlooked like when when I did the first pro the first international pro qualifier yeah potentially I I overlooked the standard difference in those pro qualifier international shows because when I came home from that I felt like embarrassed that I thought I was anywhere near good enough like I which is obviously quite sad but um 
I yeah I suddenly was like okay you need to go away and you need to get massive (laughs) Um, get massive or die trying um because the standard is like another level um over there basically so yeah that's possibly is one thing that I would say I overlooked is the the standard of the international shows yeah absolutely like when I went to watch the Arnold's I felt exactly how you do I looked at them and I was like okay <laughs> I need to where's the glute drive I that I went from being kind of more on the muscular side for bikini in the UK um to then being like oh actually you're small like yeah. so it was strange I think it's really like a common thing that I hear is like oh bikini girls are quite small though and I'm like, mm, okay, some are, but let's look at the people that are winning. Like, yeah. Bikini girls are not small. It's just very much a case of like some bikini girls that go on stage at first time or something don't have enough muscle. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think it is something that people do kind of overlook a lot. You know, not saying that you do because you're pretty hench, but <laughs> a lot of people do, don't they? That Yeah, yeah. And as first timers as well, my experience like coaching people as well is that people often think that they like without sounding like a dick but think that they hold a lot more muscle than they do because they've they've never been lean enough for like they've never been stage lean so when you take that body fat down to where it's got to go suddenly it's like oh like where did my glutes go <laughs> i had a bum so what have you found the most difficult bit so far about your competing journey <clears throat> um I always say that I find uh, an ideal, I feel like prep is more of a mental uh, challenge than a physical challenge. Um, It is a case of your mind over matter. If you tell yourself that that 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes on the stairs is going to be awful, then it will be. Um, I have found more, I don't know, I find... hmm, yeah, it's definitely more of a mental challenge than a physical one for me. And it is just about training the mind and and uh, and taking those setbacks uh, and those knockbacks and trying to not take them personally, although it is, it is personal to you, obviously, but trying to not take them personally and to take it on board and do what is needed kind of to, to get you to where you need to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, so it's just kind of like yeah switching it in more of a mental thing and switching your focus to a very positive one instead of being like I'm yeah. struggling with this because like, yeah. I have to agree with you and like when everyone says it they're like oh I couldn't do the diet or oh, I couldn't do that much training it's like that that's the easy bit yeah it's the mental bit that's the hard bit when you've got like no energy and then you're like cool yeah I'm just gonna go on the stairmaster for an hour because that sounds like great fun <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's definitely is definitely uh, a test of the mind. Um, and in terms of as well, like the hardest part I do find is post show is the hardest part. A lot of people, yeah. um, it's quite like talked. It's, it's more talked about now, which is good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, regardless of how well you've done, uh, if you've achieved your goal, uh, post show is still a very hard time to deal with and a hard thing to navigate because your hormones are all over the gaff and you're stuck in this weird limbo between I can have things that aren't on my plan but 
like I don't want to gain too much weight too fast um etc 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 um so it's yeah eating and I say to people this time they're like no it'll be fine and you're like no like you just can't stop you're you don't understand what it's like not hungry you just you're just always hungry yeah you turn into a bottomless pit (laughs) I've just eaten a whole cake that's fine I'll have another one (laughs) you're hungry (laughs) (laughs) it's mad isn't it and like on the side of that what would you say has been like the easiest bit or the best bit about your journey so far um just bettering myself and working to sort of striving for progress and just having those goals and having these things and these disciplines to work towards is like definitely the best thing that I've got out of it. Obviously achieving awesome things um, like the PCA pro card, multiple like um, top international placings are all awesome, but um, that it's kind of like, yeah, I get more out of the time not spent on stage basically like I, I love being on stage but I thrive off of and enjoy the getting there <laughs> more than the being on stage like I do love that 100% I wouldn't do it if it wasn't about that and that is a massive highlight for me as being on stage but um yeah I like the work that goes into it and the, the discipline behind it is like the best thing that I've got out of it you'll do well at it because you love that part of it I agree like I'm I enjoy that bit and it never feels like a chore to me like it's just like I'm genuinely excited to, to get up and like do the work so to be better that's cool and have you found as well it's been quite because what did you do before you worked like as a coach so I worked um I was actually in beauty before and um, so I managed a uh a spa in a hotel oh nice so have you yeah. found that quite good as well like actually you because you like this whole thing really has changed your whole life like your career has changed there yeah. as well yeah totally yeah and I um I enjoyed my previous job um because I like worked my way up from being a spa therapist to the managerial role um I didn't enjoy the managerial role so much because I wasn't as like hands-on and and in the mix with clients yeah ended up being a lot of like admin stuff um I find what I'm doing now way more fulfilling and way more enjoyable um will you ever wear your purple bikini again because I absolutely loved it and when you didn't wear it on the show that we did I was like where is your purple one <laughs> this is where is it I love that bikini but I am um, I feel more me in that green and I just like the overall look of me in the green more um I don't know what it is I'm not saying I'll never wear purple again I won't wear that one again because I actually did sell it to buy my other bikini um but yeah I do love that bikini but I don't know what it is I just have this thing about green um clearly <laughs> um I just yeah I just love the way that it looks on me it's a color I wear a lot of like not necessarily that bright bright green obviously day to day but like a lot of khaki a lot of like yeah it's just a color that I love and you know what I think actually for any first timers that listen to this as well like when it comes to picking your bikini that's something that's really important I think like I've always worn blue bikinis because that's sort of the color that I wear and yeah and like you're the same with green obviously we've got slightly different complexions and things and yeah dark hair and blonde uh but yeah like green again is like a color that you wear a lot and that suits you so that's kind of the way that you want to go when you choose your bikini 
generally that's what I always do advise when any clients or anyone in general asks me about what should I what color should I have for my first bikini don't go based on the trends what anyone else is wearing um because you want to feel comfortable in it as it's your first one as well you don't want there to be any sort of nerves around the fact of is this does this color suit me you want it to be like I wear this color quite often obviously not necessarily like every day but um you want it to be like a color that you know you like and will suit you yeah and also it's kind of like it's a very personal thing your bikini isn't it so I feel it should be very personal to you it shouldn't just be like oh this pro and that pro wear wear purple so I'm gonna wear purple because like me personally I'd never wear purple it doesn't suit yeah so yeah that will that will come that will show in your when you're on stage if you don't feel comfortable in it like that will show yeah what is next for charlotte ellis well when i'm done growing my glutes (laughs) i'm gonna hop back on stage and um, just keep chasing the pro card uh continue growing my coaching as well i just really really enjoy um so i work with prep and lifestyle co- um, yeah. clients but i mostly enjoy prep clients because i relate to them more yeah. um i need to work on being more tolerant of that it's different when you're a lifestyle client um as a coach that is something that i know i need to work on um because i obviously just don't relate to that as much as i do as a prep client yeah um, recognize it and recognize what you need to work on oh yes bit of self-reflection yeah. <laughs> um so yeah that's my goals there just continue building up coaching posing coaching as well um and just yeah keep doing the do as they say and uh yeah cool so I've got a few questions here from the question box we put on Instagram uh, so the first one is we'll just be like some quite one some of them are a little bit more in depth but um so the first one is what advice would you give a first timer about to start prep hire a coach if you don't have one already hire a coach an eligible coach that's got results sort of proven in your field um your category that you're entering um do research do a lot of research in your own time into things um start posing as soon as you know you want to compete so hopefully you've started that already if you're start if you're starting prep um because yeah posing is often overlooked by a lot of people and it's so 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 important and it can make make or break your placing um if you've got an awesome physique and you can't show it off then what's the point (laughs) it's a real shame when you see someone with an awesome physique and they just can't um can't show it off unfortunately Yeah. yeah it's gutting to see that um and just enjoy it buckle up it's gonna be a bumpy ride ride the waves I say ride the prep waves <laughs> yeah exactly completely that's cool um I think you kind of did this one which was like what's the most difficult thing about being in prep for you yeah like it's, it's more just that developing that mental toughness basically yeah. developing that that mindset and towards things um, why do you think, and I'm guessing, why did you personally uh, go abroad to chase your pro card? Um, because you can do that run of shows 
Um, you can generally it's unlikely it's not unheard of but it's unlikely that you're going to just kind of like get it straight away and it's like lovely that would be the dream but generally like generally as you go through show to show as well as you're gaining feedback you're gaining data your coach is looking at how they can peak you differently and obviously looking at feedback as well generally you're getting better and better as shows go by um, so you would always kind of look to do a little run of shows and there's not a pro qualified show every weekend in uh, the UK. So the way you do that is you sort of look to hop from country to country. <laughs> Travel while you're there, might as well. Yeah. Um, thoughts on assistance for bikini girls? So, yeah, it's obviously it's used. It's, it's not necessary um, as well. It depends on what level you're at. Uh, 100% if you're just someone uh, looking to like do a show your first show and you don't really know where you're going with it then I wouldn't really say it's worth the risk and worth sort of doing um but yes yeah, it's, it's obviously we, we all know what's involved and it is involved um and the people who are top pro athletes um like and people who are at the Olympia bikini athletes like they will be they will be doing it <laughs> yeah. I think like we spoke about this earlier didn't we like just the main thing uh that I think probably both of us want to get across to people is like just do your research and like know what you're taking before you take it yeah uh, 100%. Like we said, it is used but there are safer ways to use it um yeah cool so the next question was have you all you've already answered this anyway but have you always been coached by Rob yes yeah my first coach obviously I joined um the gym in Ashford and then the natural progression was just to be coached by Rob yeah um how did you grow them doubts (laughs) so I get asked this quite a lot (laughs) um my favorite exercises for doubts are I like a cuffed crucifix lateral raise um yeah uh and uh, a high incline press uh generally the way i structure my upper um sessions is like um i'll start with a lateral movement and then i'll press and then another lateral movement and then i press um like that it tends to be like that bit of rear delt at the end some front raises um but yeah tempo is key with the upper um with, with everything but yeah nice that's how we grow them what are your thoughts on the politics within the sport yeah, so it, it obviously it goes on, um, and I suppose it kind of happens in everything, doesn't it? I don't really have any sort of real personal opinion on it. I'm kind of just here showing up, cracking on, doing what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of the way you have to deal with it. Like, I think quite a few of us can get stung by it, but you just take it in the chin and you and carry on. Really, yeah, you can do. Um, okay, and then final couple questions just to finish off. What is the one thing you would like everyone listening to take away today? Just to sort of continue working towards your goals, even if you've got setbacks, I think. Yeah, that's cool. Right, so thank you everybody for listening. Thank you, Charlotte, for joining me. Have you got anything else that you'd like to add today? No, all good. Thank you for having me. Had a good old chat. Yeah, and I will join you all again when I have another guest. So thank you and goodbye.